Amen, amen. Hey, as you take your seats, Psalm 78. If you have your Bibles, Psalm 78. Because uh, today's a little wonky with the weather and many people gone, I'm going to extend this series one more Sunday after next week. And uh, that's when I'm going to really dive into those three C's that I mentioned last week um, on culture, community, and construction. Um, So don't miss that. Uh, January 28th, but I'm still going to basically do my same message. I'm just going to adjust it a little bit and extend this series one more Sunday uh, after next week. But as we saw last week, as you're turning to Psalm 78, as we saw last week, we're in the dawn of 2024, um, and we are looking forward to new things, big things, and maybe some warmer weather, I don't know, um, something like that. But I began to lay a foundation for what I call a generational vision for FPC Enid, a vision not just for this year, 2024, but one that will impact and shape the church beyond 2024. And as a part of that, um, I wanted us to acknowledge two things and to continue to acknowledge these two things as we seek to cast the vision and live the vision. So number one is we must remember that without Jesus, we can do nothing. Without Jesus, we can do nothing. As we saw in John 21, there are seven disciples there fishing. They fish all night and they catch nothing. The next morning, Jesus arrives there on that shore. He speaks a word, then they obey his spoken words, and then the result is they catch 153 fish. It's an incredible miracle, but what we see is that they do with Jesus what they could not do without Jesus. They do with Jesus what they could not do without Jesus. Why? Because the presence of Jesus changes everything. The presence of Jesus changes everything in our lives, in our families, in our workplaces, in our communities, in cultures. The presence of Jesus changes everything, and we need his presence in everything we do, um, especially when it comes to casting and completing vision. So again, let us acknowledge that without Jesus, we can do nothing. Uh, We can work hard towards the cast of vision, investing a lot of time, energy, and money, um, seeking to live the vision or complete the vision. But if Jesus is not present, that cast of vision and our attempt to live the vision will fail. So without Jesus, we can do nothing. Number two, we also need to acknowledge that our cast of vision must think generationally. It must think generationally, meaning we must consider not just the past, not just learning from and building on the past, but also the present, but also most definitely the future. So we must consider not just the past and present, but also the future. So again, I had us do this last week, and I want us to do it again, but just take a moment and imagine FBC Enid in 2025, one year from now. Or imagine FBC Enid in 2030, six years from now. Now go out to 2040. Now go out to 2060. What does our church look like? The people, the culture, the facilities. And some of us might think, well, that's impossible to imagine. It is impossible to truly imagine. Or we might think, besides, why should I care? I won't be around then. Right? I'll be with the Lord, or I'll, you know, whatever it might be. I won't be around then. However, that's not the perspective we should adopt. 
As I said last week, the biblical perspective is always about learning from and building on the past, but it's also about engaging the present while anticipating the future. Meaning that healthy biblical churches are multi-generational churches, effectively reaching current generations, but also preparing for the generations not yet born, so that they too can sing what we just sang moments ago. In other words, healthy biblical churches are diligently intentional about learning from and building on the past, but also they're diligently intentional about the present and the future. Because as we see throughout Scripture, especially in Psalm 78, God passionately cares about the generational legacy of his people. He cares about all generations, all peoples, past, present, and future, all nations. So as we seek to cast the generational vision for our church and seek to live it, we must truly acknowledge that without Jesus we can do nothing and we must think generationally. But what it comes down to ultimately is this. We are part of a generational legacy, much bigger than ourselves, a legacy that has been built one brick at a time, one decision, one life, one event, one generation at a time by God himself and by those who have come before us. And ultimately, we, in our time, are called to continue the work of the Lord in and through our church. It's about continuing to tell and to teach and to train the next generations in the work of the Lord, to teach them and tell them about the the Lord's work throughout history and throughout the history of our church to the best of our ability, so that the good news of Jesus would stretch beyond ourselves, beyond our generation, and well into the next generations, even to those not yet born, so that they too would set their hopes anew on God. Not forgetting his glorious miracles, not forgetting to obey his commands, so that they too would continue the legacy of FBC Enid and the gospel ministry of Jesus. So my prayer ultimately, as I said last week, is that the future generations of our church would really say three things. That we told them, we taught them, and we trained them well in the ways of the Lord, about the Lord, and so on, so that they would set their hope anew on God, not forgetting, and not forgetting to obey. So let's look again at our main passage, Psalm 78, verses 1 through 7, and then we'll look at it in a different uh, way here this morning. Psalm 78, 1 through 7, this is what we read. Oh, my people, listen to my instructions. Open your ears to what I'm telling you. Verse 2, for I will speak to you in a parable. I will teach you hidden lessons from our past. Stories that we have heard, stories that we have known, stories that our ancestors, our families handed down to us, our our parents and great-grandparents and and great-great-grandparents have passed down to us. We will not hide these truths from our children. We will tell the next generation about the glorious deeds of the Lord, His works, about His power, about His mighty wonders. Verse 5, for He issued His laws to Jacob. He gave his instructions to Israel. He commanded our ancestors, our families, to teach them to their children so that the next generation might know them, even the children not yet born. And they, in turn, will teach their own children so that each generation should set its hope anew on God's, not forgetting his glorious works, his miracles, and not forgetting to obey 
his commands. Now let me say this, great visions like this one just laid out in these verses takes two things. It takes time and it takes work. It takes time and it takes work to not just cast the vision, but to complete the vision for what he is laying out here. So when I was in high school, my family wanted to participate in the Memorial Marathon in Oklahoma City. Some of you have participated in this. My dad, for the first time in his life, wanted to run the full marathon, 26.2 miles, the full whole honking thing. And I'll never forget how grueling his workouts were for the entire year leading up to the run. They were time-consuming, they were difficult, they were painful, they were sacrificial. For example, I remember on one occasion dropping my dad off in Newkirk. Newkirk was a little town, or is a little town, just north of Ponca City, where my hometown is. And I remember us telling him, as we're dropping him off, Okay, Dad, we'll see you at home. And from there, my dad proceeded to run to our house in Ponca City, a 12-mile route along 77 Highway from Newkirk to Ponca City. That'd be like dropping somebody off in Garber and saying, okay, run to the west side of Enid now. We'll see you at home. It was incredible. And you might say, well, why would my dad do that? Is he crazy? Is he silly? What's going on there? Because he had a vision. He had casted that vision and he wanted to complete that vision. He wanted to run a marathon. And running a marathon, like accomplishing any other goal, is not easy. It's not easy. You don't just wake up, have a vision, and run a marathon that afternoon. You can do it, try it at least. It probably just won't go very well. It requires intentionality. It requires planning and preparing, energy, hard work, sacrifice, investment. It requires time. According to one runner's source, the average runner who's wanting to prepare fully for a marathon will train for five months. Five months. Now, if you're a couch to marathon kind of person, then it would take you 10 to 12 months to be fully ready to run that marathon. Great visions take time and they take work to not just cast the vision, but to complete the vision. I'll give you some other examples. Michelangelo's Sistine Chapel took an incredible amount of work and it took four and a half years to complete. Another one, the Parthenon in Athens took eight to nine years to complete, just to complete finishing it. Then you got the Great Pyramid of Giza. Took 20 years to complete, with them working seven days a week. Great visions take time and they take work to not just cast, but to complete. You say, now why am I saying all this? What does this really have to do with Psalm 78? Because again, the author lays out a generational vision. One that they are right in the middle of. We've learned this from our ancestors. It's been down, passed down to us. Now we are just like them to pass it down to the next generations. So the author lays out a generational vision. It's a great vision. And thus, like all great visions, it takes time and it takes work to not just cast but to complete. 
It's a vision that comes down to three things. We've touched on these already. Telling, teaching, and training. Telling, teaching, and training. It's a vision that lays out really a discipleship process that produces followers of the Lord who then produce followers of the Lord who then produce followers of the Lord. Where we tell others, where we teach others, where we train others to follow Jesus and to then go and tell others and teach others and train others to also follow Jesus. It's a multiplication discipleship model. It's a generational vision. And to fully tell another generation, to fully teach another generation, to fully train another generation, let alone another person, in such a way that they would set their hopes anew on God, and everything they do takes an incredible amount of time and work. Trust me, we've tried to teach the next generation how to tie their shoe. This is something much, much more intense than that. For Jesus, it took three years to tell, teach, and train 11 guys to be fully ready to then also go and tell, teach, and train others to lead the movement in reaching the world with the good news of Jesus. You don't just wake up, have a vision to fully tell, teach, and train a generation to follow Jesus, and then accomplish that vision that afternoon. It doesn't work that way. You can try it, but it won't go very well. It requires intentionality, planning, preparing, energy, hard work, sacrifice, investment, time. And this is a difficult, hard truth for you and me. In our day and age, in our culture. Because we expect instantaneous success and instant results. Without intentionality, without sometimes planning, preparing, energy, hard work, sacrifice, investment, or time, without the time and the work put into it. Think of a diet program. Stephanie and I were just talking about this the other day. We will eat terrible for three months and maybe even three years, then go on a diet program and then expect a three-day turnaround, right, to hit our goal weight, right? It doesn't work that way. Or think of fast food. We expect our food within just a few minutes of pulling into the parking lot. Or think of a microwave and air fryers. We expect our food within seconds, We want things now, and we want them easy. That's why this is how A.W. Tozer put it. A generation of Christians reared or brought up among push buttons and automatic machines is impatient of slow and direct methods of reaching goals or of telling, teaching, and training the next generation's. We so often expect to reach goals, to achieve success, to see a vision become reality, for it to be casted and to be complete overnight. But look, success built to last, success on into the next generations and beyond, never is complete overnight. We cannot simply overnight fully tell, teach, and train the next generations in such a way that they would fully set their hope anew on God. As the famous coach Vince Lombardi said, listen, the price of success, because there is a price, it's hard work, it's dedication, it's time, it's dedication to the job at hand, and the determination 
that whether we win or lose, we will have applied the best of ourselves to the task at hand. Think of it this way. Back when Stephanie and I were in college at UCO, they built this new student housing near the campus there in Edmond. And this student, cal- this student housing was so cool. It was ahead of its time. It, it looked great. It looked nice and new. Everyone was so excited. And the thing literally seemed to go up overnight. Right? You kind of have that moment where you drive by something, you see the pad out there, you know, for the, for the building, and then you go by like a few weeks later, you're like, man, it's already up. Like, what's going on? It was almost like that quick. It just seemed to go up overnight. And I had friends who were able to get rooms in the building, and they were super excited to move in and to live in their new home. And when they got finally settled in their new dorms and apartments, it turned out to be a disaster, a flat-out nightmare. Things were broken. Things were not finished. It was, things were installed wrong. Layouts were weird and bad. It was insufficient. They didn't even have enough parking for everyone who was a resident at that building. It was so bad, people were putting in to leave almost immediately within the first few weeks. Lasting su- success. Truly great things, like a generational vision. Such great visions are not cast and completed overnight. If they are, it usually ends badly. They require time, and they require work. The generational vision we're looking at will not become reality unless we are intentional, unless we plan and prepare, unless we pour our zeal and energy into this hard, difficult work, unless we sacrifice, unless we invest our time and resources and skills and gifts, all of it, unless we give ourselves to it. Jesus still must be the source. He must still be the power and the directional force behind that cast of vision and for that vision to be complete. But he won't bring that success, that completion, until we move. And until we labor. And sometimes until we labor for some time. For example, throughout history, throughout the scriptures, even some of these stories that they would have been passing down. Whenever God moves in a mighty way and he shows up with the miraculous movement, it seems he nearly always first demands faith action. On our part, where we move by faith. And so often that faith action requires time and work. Noah, I will save your family, but first you have to build an ark. Abraham, I will make you into a great nation, but first you need to go to a foreign land you've never been before, you don't quite know where you're going. Oh, and by the way, when you're there, you're going to have to sacrifice your only son Isaac. Moses, I'll deliver my people, but first you have to go talk to Pharaoh. Joshua, I'm going to knock down the walls of Jericho, but first you're going to need to march around that city for many days. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, I will change the culture. But first, you're going to need to stand up and go down to the fire pit. Daniel, I will change the laws in your favor. But first, you're going to need to pray despite the laws continually and then go to the lion's den. David, I will make you king. But first, you're going to need to take on a giant and the current king, the guy named Saul. 
Esther, I will save my people, but first you're going to need to stand up and go to the king. Hey, I will change your water into wine, but first you are going to need to fill these jars with water. Hey, I will heal your hand, but first you need to stretch it out for all to see. Hey, I will take your blindness away, but first you'll need to go wash your eyes in that water over there. Hey, I will feed the 5,000, but first you have them sit down, and then you pass out the bread and the fish. Hey, I will raise Lazarus, but first you roll away the stone. Hey, I'll bring in 153 fish, but first you cast the net all night. Hey, I'll be resurrected in perfection and glory and honor and power and authority and offer you a new hope and life in and through me. But first, I must take the time and work for your sins on the cross. So often, God brings blessings and miracles and continues to reach the current and future generations when his people move and when he's at the center of that movement. As Augustine once famously said, pray as though everything depended on God's And then work as though everything depended on you. Great visions, like a generational vision, they take time. They take work. So for us, as we continue to look more and more at it in the coming weeks or so, so we must be patient, knowing it's going to take time, and we must be prepared to work, to sacrifice, to invest, to serve, to give. And in all of this, we need to ask a question. Go all the way down here. What will our legacy be? In 2060, in 2070, in 2080, what will they say about us when they look back? Maybe it's your children, maybe it's your grandchildren, maybe it's your great-grandchildren. And I pray that they would say, man, we told them, we taught them, and we trained them well. We did everything we could, from culture to community to construction, to tell them, to teach them, to train them, so that they would set their hope anew on God. Let let me finish with this illustration. Many of you know I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan. And if Cynthia Luckett was here, I don't think she's here. She's a big Green Bay fan. They're playing today. That's, that's beside the point. But anyways, the Dallas Cowboys in 1960 became an official team. And in that year, they failed to win a game. They lost all their games. I think they had like one tie, but then they lost like 11 games. It would take them five years just to get to 500 meaning they won as many games as they lost. They were 7-7. Seven and seven. Won 7 and they lost 7. It took them five years just to get to that point. Their first winning record did not come until their sixth season, meaning they finally won more games than they lost. But after those six years, when they finally had that winning record, it, there was a change, there was a, a turn. And they began to see in 1966 unprecedented success for that time and even still today. From that point forward, just over the next 20 years of their existence, they would have 20 straight consecutive seasons with a winning record. Meaning for 20 straight years, 
they would win more games than they would lose each year. In that 20 years, they went to 18 playoffs. They had 13 divisional championships. And they were in the Super Bowl five times in those 20 years, winning two of them. Great visions, they take time. They take work. And to fully tell another generation, to fully teach them, to fully train them to follow Jesus and to lead others to follow Jesus will take an incredible amount of time and work. For those first few years, we may not see much. We may not see much for that first few decades. But as God has done throughout history, he moves. He eventually moves, and he continues the legacy. So be patient and be prepared to work. So with heads bowed, eyes closed, I'm going to invite the team forward. And during this time of invitation, maybe you have a decision to make. Maybe it's um, a baptism. You're just talking through baptism. You're praying through. You want to know more about it. Maybe it's salvation. You made the decision to follow Jesus. You want to make that public. Maybe it's about joining the, the church. Maybe it's just about a prayer request or something you're battling and, and you want to talk to, to myself or Weston down here. Whatever decision you might have, even now as we pray or even now as I talk, you can slip out and you come down here with us. But also I want you to take some time and just to pray for you, your family, and our church. That we would be patient and prepared. That, that we would understand that what God has put forth for us to take what we have seen and heard and what we know from the scriptures and what's been passed down to us. That it's going to take time and work to, to then tell that to the next generations and to, to teach them and to train them to also set their hope fully on God. Not forgetting his works and not forgetting to obey his commands. So maybe it's just praying, Lord, give us patience. Give us a heart that's ready and prepared to work for that faith action, to move by faith, knowing that if you're in the middle of that movement, you will do some big and great things currently and in the future. So spend some time in prayer. Even as I pray, spend some time in prayer for you, for your family, for our church. And if you want to come down, these steps are open. If you want to come pray down here as well. But I'm going to have you just stand with us right now, even as I pray. Father, we thank you. We love you. We thank you for all those who've gone before us, who are faithful with the message of Jesus, who told us about that wonderful, wonderful story of Jesus and his love for us, with the cross and the resurrection and the hope new life that we have in and through Jesus. We thank you for those who've gone before us to tell us that, to teach us, to train us what it looks like, what it means to fully follow Jesus and place our hope anew on you. Help us to be faithful in continuing the legacy, casting that vision and carrying that vision on to completion. Even if it's just holding a baton to pass to the next one, help us to be faithful in that. Whatever you have in store for us, help us to be patient, help us to be prepared. 
Move in our hearts and minds here today. May you be glorified and lifted up in everything we say and do. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. As we sing, you come forward if you need to.